Learning Pod, a Gannett-powered podcast on everything education, featuring Sheridan Hendricks, Alyssa Widman-Neese, and Megan Henry from the Columbus Dispatch. Can you believe it's that time of the year again? Today on the Learning Pod, we're going to talk about the 2021 back-to-school season. I'm Alyssa Widman-Neese, and I cover K-12 education for the Columbus Dispatch. With me are Sheridan Hendricks, who covers higher education, and Megan Henry, who also covers K-12 education. As the 2020-21 academic year came to a close this spring, parents, students, and school leaders looked to the fall with optimism. With vaccines available to all Americans 12 years old and older, certainly another school year couldn't be upended by the COVID-19 pandemic. But here we are in the middle of August, and in many ways, it feels like we're right back where we started. Are districts requiring masks? Are schools offering online options? What are the state and health officials recommending? Initially, schools told us in June that they were planning for as normal of a school year as possible, including no mask mandates. But every day, it seems plans are changing as the highly contagious Delta variant of the coronavirus rages through Ohio's unvaccinated populations. We're going to give you an update on where things stand as of Thursday, August 12th, with a typical pandemic disclaimer that anything and everything could be subject to change. This week, three school districts resumed classes, Gahanna Jefferson, Hamilton Township, and Westerville City Schools. Megan, I understand you spent some time with students this week who were experiencing some first day of school milestones, albeit a year delayed. What was that like? What are classes looking like in those districts, and how are families feeling as the school year finally arrives? Yeah, so as Alyssa mentioned, I spent some time with some first grade families in specifically Westerville this week. One was a charter school, Cornerstone Academy, and another one is a first grader at Hanby Elementary, also in Westerville. And so those started, the charter school started Wednesday, and then the public school started on Thursday. And both those families, I spent time with them that morning, and it was a lot of fun to be with them. But both of them described it as being a much more hectic first day of school this year, just getting lunches packed, off to the bus, or driving their students to school compared to last year, just uh, doing, you know, last year they were describing how it was the traditional first day of school photo out front and then immediately back inside to hop on the computer and do school from home. So this year it was more hectic, but the families were describing and they were just really excited for their students to experience some sense of normalcy. And the students too, they were excited just to make new friends since last year, most of their kindergarten year was spent online uh, or in some kind of hybrid fashion. So they weren't really able to see classmates very often. So they're looking forward to learning in person and making new friends in these schools this year. And how are classes looking as a whole? I mean, are things masks aside looking a little more normal then? Yeah, of course there's masking in some of these districts. And even if a district isn't mandating masks, they are still strongly encouraging it. So a lot of students are having their masks handy. But other than that, it, from what I've heard, uh, schools look relatively normal aside from the masks. You know, they try to do the distancing if possible, but there's no you know plastic barriers that I've seen or heard about. You know, lunch time, they all can eat in the lunchroom together in the cafeteria. So aside from the masking, it sounds like it's much more normal this year than it is last year. Yeah, I know some districts are offering some online options for students, but that's, from what I understand, completely elective. If, if you're not comfortable having your child back in an fully in-person environment just yet. You can opt for an online option in some districts like Columbus City Schools, Hillier, Dublin, Bexley. But I know a lot of districts aren't even doing that. They're really committed to having 
students back in the classroom and they feel like even despite some of the health concerns right now, that that's where students are going to be most successful and learning the most and doing the best for their social and emotional health. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the social emotional aspect of it too. One of the moms I was talking to, she said that she's looking forward to her son, Aiden, just being able to be with children his own age and not just being with uh, adults all the time. And she wants him to be able to get that experience too of socialization with his peers. And I'm sure parents aren't too sad about the idea of having the kids go to school for a little while too and not trying to juggle work and, and school at home. And Sheridan, what are we seeing at the college level when it comes to back-to-school plans? I know Ohio State had some announcements in recent weeks that attracted some attention. It seems like every day has been a new announcement from a different university saying that they're updating their COVID protocols in some way. If we look back to the beginning of the summer, right after spring commencement, a lot of schools were kind of taking the summer to experiment in a sense with their COVID protocol saying, you know, we're going to keep a lot of what we did from the spring. We'll loosen up in some senses, all in hopes that this fall they would be even more open COVID protocols. So thinking back to... I compiled a list at the end of July, looking at, as of today, what are the COVID protocols for the majority of universities and colleges in the state of Ohio? And most of them were saying, you know, if you are a fully vaccinated individual, you can walk around campus indoor or out without wearing a mask, and it's not going to be an issue for you. You can wear one if you want, but it's not required. If you're unvaccinated, then the vast majority of schools were saying that you were required or at least highly recommended to still wear a mask if you were outdoors and almost always required to wear a mask when you were indoors. There's a caveat that everyone was required to wear masks if your school had public transportation or, you know, have a a university hospital or some kind of student health clinic. Masks (laughs) were required to be worn in those settings. But other than that, Most schools were looking forward to having fewer masks, at least for vaccinated students, to be that incentive to say, hey, you know, I know that college students have been allowed to be vaccinated since the spring. We really, really want to get our vaccination rates up on campuses. Of course, like you said earlier, all of that was subject to change, uh, just like in this podcast. So again, things are starting to change again, where schools are beginning to require indoor mask mandates again. So Ohio State announced last week that they'd be adjusting their mask mandate so that now all students, regardless of your vaccination status, have to wear masks indoors. And then slowly, one by one, more and more schools have been starting to change. Ohio University, Miami University, they've both switched back. University of Cincinnati, all of these schools are starting to change their mask mandates back to, hey, if you're going to be on our campus, whether you're a student, staff, faculty, visitor, regardless of your vaccination status, we really need you to wear a mask indoors. And I think masks are really the big hot topic right now as it relates to the upcoming school year. Last year, there was a lot more uncertainty in terms of whether college students are going to be back on campus, whether kids were going to be online or in buildings. I think, as you both have suggested, things in in that regard are a little more normal, but masks are really up in the air. And uh, research has shown that they are an effective tool at preventing the spread of the virus. And that is especially important for students younger than 12 who cannot be vaccinated right now. The CDC has recommended masking for all students and school employees in K-12 schools, regardless of their vaccination status. But Ohio is leaving it up to all the school districts to decide on their own. So it's been a big patchwork in terms of what we're seeing. 
So I'm curious at the K-12 level, Megan, since those are the kids who can't be vaccinated, what are you seeing? I I know you're having a lot of fun trying to keep up with all the changing policies of Franklin County school districts. You had a a nice list of what all the policies were, and I think that lasted like 20 minutes until the emails started (laughs) flooding in about changes. So how's that going? And and what what are reactions from schools and families about this sort of patchwork approach? Yeah, it's been pretty hectic. (laughs) I feel like every day there's something new to add or change with the list. uh, So we keep updating that, of course. But it's been kind of a mixed bag. This mask issue has been really polarizing, um, as we've seen in our country, but also just for these school districts and for parents. Some school districts are requiring masks only for certain grade levels, um, the younger grades that can't get the vaccine and leaving it up to the high schoolers to kind of decide while strongly encouraging them to wear, but leaving them to decide. So some districts where they're mandating it across the board, I've seen some people uh, commenting on social media that they aren't happy, you know, if their high schooler is vaccinated, then why they have to wear a mask. Um, I've seen some people who are happy because like Alyssa was saying that they recognize that masking is going to help keep their students safe. And if they have a younger student who can't receive the vaccine yet, but they would like to, but they just can't because of their age, they're happy that districts are requiring or that their district is requiring it. But it's really like a mixed bag. I saw on Twitter, I think actually shared and retweeted, so it popped up in my timeline. But this, I'm not sure where it was, but it was this huge line of parents outside of like some kind of school board meeting somewhere. I think that was in Tennessee. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't think it's here in Ohio, but and the tweet was saying how it's be so interesting if these parents were just as passionate about other things other than masking in schools like testing or really any other hot button issue in schools. But infrastructure. Yeah, infrastructure. There's like so much else. But this is like the one thing, the hill that everyone is kind of dying on and everyone has their opinions. So it's been a real mixed bag of reactions. People are upset. Some people are happy. But yeah, it's kind of all over the place. Yeah, it's really hard to summarize it all because it is so varied. I mean, I don't think anyone likes wearing a mask. I don't like wearing one, but I do it because it makes sense. Sheridan, I know they're not as numerous, but the colleges and universities aren't making it much easier for you to keep track of everything, (laughs) I'm sure. Um, So what's the situation like for you trying to make sense of all of this? Yeah, Like I had said, it seems like every day for Megan and I keeping up with these lists of what are these schools, COVID policies, everything's changing. And and even back when we were starting to compile these lists, when the Delta variant was still a concern, but um, there was still a lot more questions about it. You know, folks were saying we are going to adjust our policies to meet CDC guidance because regardless of what people's thoughts and opinions are, you know, everyone wants to keep students safe like that at the university and college level, and I'm sure at K-12 as well, like school administrators want to keep their students safe. And it's been a variety of different approaches to that, at least here in Ohio. Earlier this summer, House Bill 244 passed. Governor Mike DeWine signed it, which, among other things, prevents public schools and universities from requiring COVID-19 vaccines for students and staff on campus until they receive full U.S. FDA approval. And a lot of schools, you know, in Ohio were not requiring COVID-19 vaccinations. There are a handful of private schools that are requiring them. And there was only one public school, Cleveland State University, that was requiring it for a small group of their of their student population. It was required for residential students, which really makes only about 10% of their entire student population. But it's bills like this and potentially 
future bills that state legislators are trying to pass to ban mask mandates in public schools and at the college and university level. House Bill 244, among other things, when it goes into effect in October, it will make it against the law for universities to have different testing policies for vaccinated and unvaccinated students. So if a university has a testing policy right now that's different for vaccinated students and unvaccinated students, they're going to have to rethink all of that come October. So it's really a everything seems to be changing every day, which makes it difficult for us. But I can only imagine for students and families as well and administrators trying to figure out like, how do we focus on teaching when it seems like every day there's a different, you know, mandate or policy that I have to be following right now. But I think one of the main differences between at least looking at higher education and K-12 when it comes to COVID policies is that on college campuses, those students and staff are really together all the time. You know, at the K-12 level, you're at school for, you know, six, eight hours a day, but then you go home and you go home to your families and that causes another subset of issues. But on college campuses, you have students living in residence halls together. You have them going, you know, mixing and mingling and uh, in dorms, in dining halls, they're going off campus to parties, they're going to bars, um, they're going to sporting events. Like, so it's really not just classrooms that need to be considered. It's an entire campus. It's an entire ecosystem of folks who are mingling with one another. Some estimates have said that college campuses that can get anywhere between 70 and 90 percent vaccination rates by this fall will be in a really good place, given all of the different variants that are out there. Like at least at Ohio State, their goal is to try and get 80 percent vaccination rates during this fall semester. And they're getting close, but they have plenty of roadblocks in their way, unfortunately. Um, But it's no different than any other school is trying to deal with right now. And there's going to be some Additional challenges as lawmakers return to consider a bill that would make districts and universities unable to mandate masks. Very similar legislation. I've seen in other states, there's districts that have said they don't care and they go against what their state is saying and they mandate masks for their students and staff anyway. So that could get pretty messy if that ends up happening. Yeah, I mean, if we look to states around us right now, you know, the governor of Arkansas said late last week that he had signed a bill in the state of Arkansas that said that similar to what some lawmakers in here in Ohio are looking at, you can't mandate mask policies in your schools. So now we have all these students going back to school as these variants are spiking and districts are saying, please, can we do something to protect our students? You know, looking to our neighbors to the West, we have Indiana University They recently uh, won a Supreme Court case or um, eight college students challenged Indiana University's COVID-19 vaccine requirement. And the Supreme Court said, yes, the school can require you to get a vaccine if they want to. And an appeals court, you know, upheld that decision. So that's staying in place for them right now. But it's going to be an interesting semester and school year to see how these things play out, not just in, you know, Board of Education meetings and within school districts, but, you know, all the way up to the Supreme Court. Well, as we wrap up this episode, I'd like to gaze into our crystal ball for a little while. And I feel like this is a question we've revisited a lot in the past 17 months, but I want to do it again. When do you think education will ever feel normal again? Do you think we'll ever be able to focus on things like teaching and learning and some of the education-focused issues? that you mentioned earlier, instead of talking about nothing but COVID-19 protocols. And what do you think it'll take to get us there? 
I wish I knew when that day was coming. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> I think there will be a day at some point, you know, a glimmer of hope where we can talk about teaching and learning and focus on on that and these issues other than just COVID. But I think um, we're not quite there yet. I think it's going to take, uh, like Sharon was mentioning with the vaccines, I think it's going to take a high percentage of herd immunity and vaccines and who knows, maybe they'll be able to authorize the vaccine for students under or people under 12 and then maybe get some more of the younger students vaccinated and maybe that'll help speed this up. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Maybe next school year. I, it's hard to really put a time frame on it or any kind of a timeline of sorts, but I think the vaccines is what's going to help us get there. It reminds me of talking about Cleveland sports. Like there's always next year, you know? <laughs> but we'll get there. It'll happen. I agree. I think maybe next school year. Maybe not this year. Yeah, I keep thinking back to last school year at the beginning when I was not covering higher education, but, you know, looking at it from the outside. And a lot of the stories that we were writing then are similar to stories that we're writing now about, you know, what are concerns? How are schools going to keep students safe? You know, what can they do within their limits to do that, to make that happen? My hope is that as each semester goes by, we'll get a little bit closer to not having to talk about COVID as much and COVID protocols and masks and vaccines as, you know, hopefully the the pandemic begins to wind down. But, you know, not to get super pessimistic, but I do think we are going to be continuing to talk about the effects of the pandemic and the trauma that this has potentially caused a lot of students for years to come. I think that's a really good point. Just because the virus may be not around eventually doesn't mean that the after effects of this pandemic aren't going to be happening for a long time. Students will continue to head back to classrooms throughout the month of August, with Columbus City Schools being the final district to start on August 26th. To learn more about what's happening in Central Ohio this back-to-school season, you can follow our coverage on dispatch.com backslash news backslash education. If you'd like to support more local journalism like this, please consider subscribing to the Columbus Dispatch. Visit dispatch.com backslash subscribe now to learn more. Thanks for listening.